Welcome to Topical with Michael Schaefer. My guest today is Craig Quartermain. It turns out the problem with America isn't too many guns, it's too many doors. We have a new Prime Minister and Craig reveals that he played footy with him once. Meanwhile, Peter Dutton tries to soften his image, but can that be done? And we discuss Ricky Gervais' latest special and how the media shapes your view of it. This is episode four of Topical with Michael Schaefer. Welcome to another episode of Topical with Michael Schaefer. Very excited to be in Brisbane and joined by my guest, Craig Quartermain. Okay, Michael, how you doing, man? It's been a while. It has been a while. In fact, uh, probably the last time we geeked together, well, we geeked together last week at Good Chat Comedy Club in Brisbane, great club, mm. but then maybe the last time we geeked together could have been raw comedy. To actually 20... to actually be on the same bill. Yeah, we've seen each other at spots. Yes. But yeah, to be on the same spot was 2016, I believe. Probably, yeah. So it's good to have you back on the pod. Nice <laughs> to catch up properly after so many years. It's weird being not um, scared little open micers. Yeah, oh, I'm still scared. <laughs> Speak for yourself, mate. I'm still very much scared. But uh, it's great to have you on the pod. So we talk about all the big issues of the week and we try to be funny about it's them. A, it's a, that's a fresh approach. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think it's anyone about, else is doing it. It's about time. Yeah, it's about time two comedians <laughs> had a podcast where they talk about, talked about the news of the week. Uh, you know, at least you don't have any like allegations or anything hanging over your head. Oh, I'm sure they'll come out. I'm sure as soon as this podcast becomes usually, successful, that yeah, will come out. That's usually the cycle, yes. <laughs> I can't wait to get asked to host the Oscars so that all of those <laughs> awful things I've done in my past can Just, finally come uh, to life. calm down. Start with the Logies. <laughs> Start oh, with yeah, the Logies. Sorry. sorry, I went too high there. Yeah, well, I mean, don't worry. The Logies like that's to how you close know Tom, over that stuff too. That's how you know Tom Gleeson is squeaky clean, can I just say? Because he won a Logie in the most, you know, ostentatious manner and nothing came out about his past, which means that guy is just a good bloke. He's never had anything <laughs> said against him in the past by anyone. That's my theory. That's the peak of Australian comedy and he I'm, got through it unscathed. Uh, that means he's, there's nothing on him. I still feel like it's too too soon to call. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just trying to get Tom Gleeson to get on the podcast next week. So uh, we're trying to be nice. Insult him. No, yeah. you throw down, you insult Tom if you want to get him on your show. That's you don't, true. Yeah, don't be a pussy. Okay, next time I see him, I'm going to call him a piece of shit and yeah, I'm going to try and, and get him cancelled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I hear you're a bully, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> to you, to your Notorious staff. bully. Notorious bully, <laughs> Tom Gleeson. He's the Ellen DeGeneres of Australia. <laughs> you're a joke thief. No, that's my writer's room. Just, yeah, <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I don't know. We just try to start some shit. I don't know. But... Let's get it started. Well, uh, you have to get started to the big story of the mm. week, which is, of course, the shooting in Texas. Nothing very funny about school shootings, so it's... it's... Mm. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the shooting itself is not very funny, but the reaction to it by Republicans is always very, very funny. So I'm not sure if you saw the uh, crazy interview that Ted Cruz gave the other day on Fox News. So he came out and they asked him, he's a U.S. senator, if you don't know, U.S. senator, presumably in the pocket of the NRA, he came out and said that the reason why this shooting took place was because there were too many doors at this school hmm. and the shooter managed to get through a back door and was able therefore to kill a lot of people. And I think that is really telling about the state of politics in America hmm. and the influence of the NRA that they're like, it's not it's not that we have too many guns. Yeah, guns don't kill people, doors, doors, kill, doors people. kill people. We need to crack down on these doors. I mean, I want to praise 
Ted first for being in the state this time? Because <laughs> I think it wasn't wasn't it when the uh, when they had the big blackout during the snowstorm he yes. went to Cancun. Yes, but that's I mean of course he's in the state. It's currently quite nice weather. Over yeah, there. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so, quite warm. so that's you know that's one up. But every time this happens, Ted Cruz is an absolute piece of shit. And <laughs> there's no there's no I don't know how the guy keeps winning. But well, he's it, in Texas and they he probably has the majority vote down there, I would he's, think. He's he's in Texas with a Latino last name. How is he still in there? I don't know how <laughs> they they're not known for their acceptance in Texas, but uh, again, as if an Australian can talk, we legit, we're in Queensland. <laughs> we're in the home of one I, I'm nation. here as a visitor, okay? So yeah, I moved I'm, here. I yeah. moved here. But um, I wish I could make more fun of this human, but this particular situation, the fact that they have, what was he, 18? 18 with an AR-15 and shoots 20. You kind of feel like, surely this time. No, nah, well, it won't. That's the, I mean, yeah. people said that after Sandy Hook. They said that after the Las Vegas shooting. It doesn't seem like anything's going to change. And I wonder if it's because these politicians, do they believe the, the shit they say or do they just say because they need to in order to maintain the money coming in from the NRA? Like, for example, whenever something like this happens and someone like, you know, Beto O'Rourke, for example, uh, comes out and says we need gun control, Everyone says, you're politicizing this issue. How <laughs> dare you politicize the deaths mm. of children? And I just feel like he's a politician. Gun control is a political issue. So it, to, to just dismiss it as politicizing an issue is mm. insane. I think what they're trying to say is, oh, you're using this for your own selfish cause. But you're, they're just using it to try to bring in some gun control that is going to hopefully stop people dying in the future. It's, is, that politi- is that politicizing something? Uh, I don't. It I just don't, seems so dismissive. I don't know who they're trying to convert. Like the people that are keen for guns. Yeah, um, I don't know who they're trying to appease. They're essentially. Uh, oh, I think they're trying to deflect. Yeah, that's my thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's all they're. They say, "Oh, you're politicizing." Then all of a sudden, you try to discredit any criticism coming against you. So they'll do that one. Think of the families. You're talking about this. Oh, and then they go, oh, now is not the time. Mm. Now is not the time. But we're still burying the bodies. Now is not the time. What do I mean now is not the time? I mean, you can't wait because there's going to be another one in three days anyway. So it's never the time if you're going to wait for a a gap between these shootings. Yeah, it is odd to know that there is no... um, Like, it's so blatant. It's so blatant that this massive organisation that's responsible for guns... In the in the states, like it's literally in their name, <laughs> uh, funneling money towards these guys to encourage them to keep the heat off them. Yes, when this sort of stuff happens, and you kind of don't know what's it going to take. Would it take a bigger organization to come in and give these guys more money to turn on the? So I'm thinking weed is a huge thing in the state. It's legal now in the states. Why don't they just start? Paying the politicians, why don't they buy them off? Oh, Wouldn't so why awesome? doesn't the marijuana lobby why not replace the NRA? The NRA, I get it, they're big, but surely there's sure. go, there's got to be bigger lobbyists. So you're saying there. that in America, people love guns, but perhaps they love weed more than guns, and therefore the weed lobby could be bigger or more powerful than the there's gun lobby. There's always a bigger dog. Yeah, there's always a bigger dog with that, a bigger bite. That's a great solution. We just replace the gun lobby with the weed lobby, and then we have weed at every school i mean is that 20 stone toddlers <laughs> isn't a terrible like is it, i don't think his kids were stoned yeah, and shot it's that's not fine. yeah it's not it's not the terrible story wow we are dancing thinner on thin ice right here. well i just think it's interesting mm. how they're so tied 
to their constitution, which was Blech. written over 200 years ago. And I find this interesting. I'm interested to get your thoughts about the Australian constitution as well to bring it back to our context. So the, the US constitution was written in uh, the late 1700, I think 1791 or so was when it was first drafted. Mm. On hemp paper. On hemp paper. On hemp paper. Oh, here we go, yeah, coming yeah. full circle. <laughs> yeah, there we go. The signs were there right saying, from the start. The, the, it's, it's, it, yes, this is all this is all true. But I mean, uh, and not to name drop, but Jim Jeffries' gun bit is so yes. so timeless. Uh, I when I was working with Jim when tour, oh God, what was it 20, 2019? You opened for him a few times, right? His yeah. last Australian tour, um, Jim would close with an old bit. And he uh, would research it before, and I just remember this. There was a recent shooting, not a not like a, I think it was the church shooting, in the states, uh, mm. in Charlottesville. Yeah, and oh, uh, no, maybe Charleston. I think Charlottesville is where they had the Nazis. Oh God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How good is this country looking right yeah. now? One of one it's of the horrible Nazis right One now. of the horrible things that influenced yes. Childish Gambino's film clip. Yeah. One of those, um, had just occurred, and Jim was going to do the gun bit. And, uh, you know, and the funniest part, on the way to the gig in the car, was talking about how nothing's changed. This will hold up all the time. Evergreen, baby. But also, too, to research, you know, if you try to do a bit you haven't done for ages, you've got to look it up. Funniest, we're in the car, going to the gig, and Jim just goes, you know that gun bit? That was a great bit. <laughs> just, you have to admire it. It was, I just, it was, and it's still poignant and relevant to today. Um, I love I, how he's just reflecting on his own bits from the past. Uh, like, yeah, I, I, good. He's I got love, a lot of good bits. I love it. But um, I'm dying to know who's got a fresh take on it in the states. I would love to hear. Um, so I mean, Chris, it feels like all the jokes have been done about it. I well, don't know what well, more I, there is to say about the topic. It's, it's if if someone could write a new bit about gun control in the U.S. It would be so impressive to me. Yeah, Chris Rock. Chris Rock's a uh, bullet bit. Yes. Um, charge, you know, charge fifty thousand dollars a bullet. That yeah, would be guns gun illegal. control. Yeah, guns legal. We can't um, get ammunition. Yeah. You're right, but nothing new. Not for a bit, anyway. So what I was asking about was how. Well, I guess I want to get your thoughts on this. Is that the U.S. Constitution was written over two hundred mm. years ago, and they're tied to it because it's the founding document of their entire country. Mm. And I think it's so funny how uh, when a country forms. They have to form in a constitution that's going to guide them forever. And then a couple hundred years later, they look at that constitution and they go, oh, this is awful. Mm. This is a dog shit mm. piece of paper that doesn't, you know, relate it to anything anymore. However, we are intrinsically, inherently, inextricably linked to it and have to try to follow it and interpret it in the most reasonable way possible. Mm. So, and they've got all these, you know, the right to bear arms obviously is there. And, you know, that's why the gun lobby is so powerful these mm. days and why people are getting shot so much these days. And it makes me think about in Australia how we've got a constitution that is so old as well. Fortunately, I don't think it's raising as many issues as the American one is. I get the impression that the Constitution was one of the first things that the dumbest people could recite <laughs> and they cling to it. It's like, you know, how proud you were when you got your alphabet the first time. Yeah. I feel like the Constitution is taught very, very early on to even the lowest socioeconomic end of the spectrum in the US and they can recite that and they, there's this fucking 
they cling to it for, like there's this sacred amazing you tell an American that other countries have a constitution it blows their mind <laughs> they're like firstly they can't believe there are, other, there, there are other countries well, first of all we, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yes we must go shoot it yes but it, it is funny how uh, when you create a document that's so old and you it's like I mean religious people do the same thing because they'll follow the bible and they'll try and interpret some story about hmm. I don't know Moses and Abraham and try to use that as some sort of a message to guide their life today and it's like well i mean you could rely on a very old story that is unverified and is a nice story but yeah. might not have any it, it real all, credibility to it yeah or you could just try to think about the current problem right now and just try to focus on what's happening in the present and rather rather than try to take lessons from a couple thousand years ago. Yeah, I don't, and I don't want to shit on the States because I'm clearly very American. Influ- I mean, we're both stand-ups. It's where the art form came from. Yeah. I, I do want to shit on the States, by the way. I, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> but for a country that made so many advancements across so many areas, when it comes to an idea that I want to move away from, it's very childish. Yes. For, for a country that wants to be on the cutting edge and be what other places aspire to be. Once it comes to something that, like, <laughs> toddler throw, throws the bloody toys out of the cot, doesn't want to move, and when it and guns and constitution um, amendments and stuff, uh, and changing their constitution is just something they wouldn't possibly comprehend. I mean, a, a small fraction. I, I think uh, we shouldn't probably judge the entire country by that. I mean, be like assuming every Australian's racist. And, and then we had our election and I, even I'm still sitting back going like, really? There's more green seats now in Queensland than there are in Victoria. That's fascinating. And which actually kind of segues quite nicely into what I wanted to ask you about next. We're full of segues. <laughs> well, I mean, this this podcast is just segues. There's no actual content. It's just, <laughs> we're just doing segue to segue. But I did want to get your opinion on the Liberals obviously losing the election and realising, oh, we've got to get a new leader and they've gone through the list. It's kind of like, you know, the West Coast Eagles at the moment have been ravaged by COVID and so they're just pulling up players from the waffle. So they've looked at their like list. It's, yeah. it's not a bad reference. I'm mm. thinking of it on the spot. Mm. So the Liberals have looked at their list. They've lost a lot of good guys. They lost, obviously, Morrison... Well, as in he's, he's no longer the leader. They lost, you know, Frydenberg, Tim Wilson, lost a lot of people. And so now they're like, who have we got left to pull up into the position of captaincy? And they've gone, well, we do have this bloke that everyone hates, but he does consistently win his electorate. So we have to give Peter Dutton a shot. I, I don't want to make it too West Coast Eagles specific, but mm-hmm. it would kind of be like if Nick Natanui, Andrew Gaff... Who are the other players? You got Shuey, Jack no, Darling, this season, Josh Kennedy, it doesn't matter. McGovern. If, <laughs> this season, it doesn't matter. But I'm just, if it's like it's like if those guys are so, all out, mm. who's your captain for this week? And you know you have to go with some waffle player or the, I don't know. Yeah, the the, the meth dealer from two thousand six. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> um, to bring in to bring in somebody who for everyone outside of the Liberal Party is seen as pure evil. <laughs> um, I think it's a genius move. I think it's absolutely genius. Are you being sarcastic, or do you actually think it's a good move? I'm being sarcastic, okay. and I think it's a good move <laughs> because I, I, if he turns this around. It will be a masterstroke from them. Yes. And if he doesn't, it'll be a win for humanity. There's just, I love it. I just, I, I love that uh, they're talking about changing his image. Yes. And his idea of being nicer was just to let like one member of the family from Bella Wheeler in at a time. <laughs> you know, that's the, 
it's, I, like, I'll, I'll, yeah. it's almost like he's holding the whole country hostage. He's like, I'll let one go back, and then if you vote me in, I'll let the next one go back. The, exactly. The tweet I think he released before the election was, oh, we just caught a boat off the coast. Oh, my God. That was insane. How, well, if you didn't see the tweet, he basically tweeted, well, um, a, a boat has just been intercepted. <laughs> from I think it was Sri Lanka maybe yep. and they've been towed away and it was like the day of the election yeah. and so we said vote for the Liberals because we'll keep the border strong yeah and then just a bunch of brown faces with X's <laughs> over. we'll Those keep were, the following yeah. colours out <laughs> um, yeah and that was the day of the election or the day before it yeah, was and really I, really close I reckon he's really annoyed because he would have loved to have that for that to have happened maybe three or four days earlier one week earlier just so it had time to get into the election cycle because it happened on the morning of the vote so people didn't have enough time to even hear about it before they got oh, to the vote oh you think they would have won them over you think oh, I think it could have I think it could have helped that's what I think <laughs> it couldn't have done any worse yeah yeah, yeah well, true. I mean it couldn't have done any worse but I think when that people smuggler brought these people over they would have been like oh Mate, could have used you. We could have used you a week ago. Please, this would have this would have distracted us from Scott Morrison tackling a child during a soccer match. We could have had them if they I could have timed it for that. I actually think that helped Morrison. You think so? Yeah, tough he, on crime, tough on kids. Him and the kid were smiling. It was kind of cute. Showed he was a bit of a dork. If Dutton had, if Dutton had tackled a kid. <laughs> That cop training might have, I don't know, knees on the neck. I don't know. I don't know what a cop would have done. But the idea that for him to do well, he has to change who he is. Yeah. <laughs> we need Peter Dutton, but we need him to just fundamentally change his personality, his beliefs, everything yeah. about him, and then I think we're a chance. That's why I feel like this will be a win for us, to watch him and try to make us all forget what he's been like for 20 years. Yeah. It's going to be great. Watching him try to smile yeah. is going to be so funny. Imagine this man in the empathy training course. It he's going to absolutely hate it. Because you know he's the only liberal so far that has been like, I refuse to do it. And they haven't been able to force him to do it because he's going to win his electorate anyway. So mm. he doesn't need the empathy training. But now he needs the empathy training in order to win over people outside of his electorate. And it's going to be so funny imagining him being told that he has to smile and he has to... Uh, so that marketing meeting... so. For those that don't know, I, I was a journalist for nearly 10 years and had to deal with media managers for a lot of politicians and they bring in image consultants and, you know, what can we do to make you more appealing? Could you imagine the meeting where they're going to bring in this shiny young person to tell Peter Dutton how to make himself more <laughs> I reckon at the top of this presentation will just be eyebrows. They just get some eyebrows on your face and go from well, there. I don't want to make fun of his physical appearance because I recently no, learned... fuck it, let's do it. Well, I, re <laughs> I recently learned that uh, the reason why he's lost all his hair, he says he has a skin condition of some sort. And his wife will slap somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to make fun of him because what oh, if his shit. wife comes into the studio oh, right now God. and slaps us in the face and says, keep my husband's name out your, your fucking, fucking mouth. mouth, you know? So mm. I don't want to make fun of his physical appearance, but I, I do think it's so funny that the only person they've got left who can be their leader is a man who looks like Lord Voldemort. And I don't say that in a mean way. I'm just saying that literally he does look quite a lot like Lord Voldemort. Uh, and now they have to make Lord, a man who looks like Lord Voldemort not seem like a, a villain. I, I've got a really um, unprofessional crush on Tanya Plibersek. Right, and she had to apologise yes. for, for for that. Did the, you think it was? Do you? Th I think it was pretty dumb of her to say that. No, it was hilarious. Oh, okay. No, it was not dumb. Um, I love how you're just like I'm here for a good joke. Uh, That's no, fine. absolutely. And Tanya, I got you back, but um, <laughs> but I would just I, the reason why I just didn't like it was I like, don't attack his appearance 
when you've got so many other things <laughs> to attack him for. Sure. I think it's so cheap to make fun of his appearance when you've got his values and his personality. I mean, his wife had to come out a couple of years ago and say, my husband is not a monster. Yeah. So that was the nicest <laughs> yeah. thing that his own wife was able to say about him. Make fun of him for that. Don't make fun of him how he looks. Yeah, look, it's a long way back. It's shown that they're not really going to change a lot as a party. If they're getting, that's their fallback. Well, the fact that after the election and that they get trounced in the election and the fact that then the narrative, and this is pushed by Sky News and other conservative media outlets, the narrative is that they lost the election because they were not conservative mm-hmm. enough that they lost their identity as a party. Yeah, yeah, so that yeah. was the big narrative that Sky News were pushing. But Sky News are only pushing that because they are trying to exercise control over the Liberal Party and make them more conservative. Is, is there a chance that their rusted on original voters are just d- dead? Because <laughs> they're I mean, so is, fucking old. They, <laughs> I mean, they could have lost a lot to COVID over the last couple of years. Absolutely. They, they would have been in that high-risk category. <sighs> Would you think? Do you think Australia is a conservative country? It felt yeah for when sure. they were in charge that we were. Well, the, we are a conservative country, mm. and we've just voted in another conservative government. When you, I mean, the Labor Party is not exactly left wing; they're centre at most, and maybe centre right, probably in mm. reality. So when I think of conservative, yeah, okay. Do you think like I mean, when you think of conservative, maybe socially uh, conservatives, maybe making abortion illegal. Yeah. <laughs> that would be. Well, yeah, they're not going to do that. But even the Liberal Party is not. Yeah, no, really that's, that's about a fair point. Yeah, you're right. I should probably stop. Getting too excited about seeing, you know, my former football teammate and Anthony Albanese. You used to play football with Anthony Albanese. Yeah, in the Community Cup in Sydney, and he's. Dirty, Why did you man. not open with that, Craig? Because uh, uh, I was following your. <laughs> yeah, I'm a mess no, with no, your no. show. You break, you break up the chronology if you're going to no, talk about no. Anthony Albanese playing football. No, so no, no. He was you played with a great man. I did. Was he twice. better at football than Scott Morrison is at soccer? Uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> easily. But the funniest thing: first year I played with him, that was fine. Second year, uh, he turned up a little bit late, and I was on the ground, and I got dragged for Anthony. I got pulled off the ground. Because he turned up, and they and I was you got clo- Bill Shorten basically. I was the closest to the to the interchange, and they just quarters come off, and I I was dirty about it because a friend of mine, Heath Heath, Heath Franklin, um, uh, known as Chopper, Chopper known as Chopper, yeah, uh, uh, was commentating, and he he they had it on a loudspeaker. As soon as I got dragged for Albo, um, it, he just fed it to me over the speaker in front of everybody. How does it feel, Quartermania? It wasn't it was a bit embarrassing because I'm not I'm not terrible at food. No. Oh, I imagine you'd be pretty good. But then, uh, yeah. But then the, the 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 what was he then? He wasn't even the op- oh, he was the opposition leader then. Yeah, there wasn't. What that year long was ago. this? Uh, the last year before COVID. So what was that? Twenty nineteen. So twenty nineteen, you played a football match. Can I ask what the context was? Yeah, of the Community Cup. The Community Cup. The That's Community Cup, get... a charity a charity event in uh, Sydney. I mean, it's all over the country, but the Sydney based uh, Community Cup. Uh, Albo is a South Sydney Rabbitohs fan, but he lives next to the ground where they play. Uh, used to play every year, and he drops in and plays for the Whalers, and that's what I play for. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. so fun. Do you reckon he'll be uh, there again this year? <sighs> it might be a little rowdy this time. <laughs> um, and it was great because, you know, you know what's weird about that Community Cup game? Uh, all the other ones are charity games, and they're fun. That Sydney one gets rough. Can I just say, I can really relate to that experience. <laughs> really? Because, so, in Melbourne, there's a similar thing called the Harmony Cup. Yes that they do annually, I believe, or at least they were doing it annually for a time, and they get people from different nationalities to play football against each other. So I got asked to be... Guess what uh, team I was asked to be in? Which country's team I got asked to be in? (laughs) (laughs) 
Hmm. Where do the Jews belong? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Force you to ask, where do the Jews belong? Did you represent the country of hell, Michael oh, Schaefer? Oh God! Did it? Did you? <laughs> did you take a pla- Palestinian player's yeah. place? <laughs> oh, there's so many tangents. There's oh, so many jokes we could make. I don't. Here. I'm not sure. I'm no, not, I got asked to play for Israel, and okay. I'm not. <laughs> So you were kind of wait. I thought so. Wait, there was there were enough teams for each nation. I thought yes. Oh, okay. I thought it was all mixed. Right, gotcha, gotcha. No, no. So this is so this was the problem, right? They didn't mix us together. (laughs) This is the problem. They mixed us. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't mix us. That was the problem because okay. So I got asked to play for Israel because they were like, I'm not Israeli at all, but they were like, he's Jewish. That's the closest closest. we're gonna get. <laughs> and I've been to Israel like a couple of times. I've probably spent maybe six or maybe eight weeks there in total in my life. Do you feel any? Sorry, no. I'll go. I'll, I'll go on a tangent if we go down that path. But please continue. I certainly don't feel it. Israeli. Put it that way. Mm. I mean, I like hummus and I can speak a bit of Hebrew, but I wouldn't call myself Israeli. So they put me in the Israeli team, and yeah, all the countries are competing against each other. So there was Israel had one team, Lebanon had another team, Greece had another team, and there was an African team. There wasn't enough for like a Sudanese team or a Kenyan team. So they just had them all as one African team. And I believe Majak Dor's younger brother might have been playing oh my God. in that match. <laughs> and, I, and I played fullback against Damien Cubido. I'm not sure if you remember yes, him. Yes, I but do. Former Essendon forward. I played on Damien Cubido in the goal square one-on-one. And I reckon he kicked 12 goals on me in about a quarter <laughs> and a half. I could not compete against this man. But the, the reason why I found it so funny and the reason why I bring it up is because they made us play against each other. So, like, Israel played Greece in the first round, I believe, and we had a, bo- a brawl with Greece. Like, it was the most violent... <laughs> fo- I played football for, you know, probably 10, 15 years, uh, and it was the most violent it's so I've, ever pl- I've ever been involved in. A- I've never been involved in that much violence in my entire life. It's so awkward when a fight breaks it because there, there was pushing and shoving. At the Community Cup? At yeah. the Community Cup. and It's meant to be about bringing the community together, but instead I think it just tears people apart. So, and you look, usually I'm right or die when it's footy, when I'm in my team, I've got, got your back, I'm your teammate. My teammate suplexed somebody on the other team. Like picks him up around the way, throw just this thug dude that worked for the one of the sponsors. He shouldn't have even been on the ground. Was it Anthony Albanese? <laughs> <laughs> no, thankfully he would. Oh my god, I couldn't imagine. Um, I reckon Albert would have that mongrel in him though. Do you know what I mean? He's so he was so friendly. He oh, was really? So friendly, and his arms look like. Have you ever, have you ever peeled a chicken wing? <laughs> that's it's it, it yeah <laughs> that's what chicken that, wing arms yeah man just there's nothing on him but he <laughs> he he would run into space and be like I kind of felt bad like he wouldn't get off the ground until we got him a kick oh that's so, so funny of course because I was the one who was dragged I'm like fucking kick it because <laughs> I don't want to get back on the ground <laughs> it was an emotional day it was fun and hopefully it's back on this year so I look forward to going back but as far as um whether or not Albo would play. I don't know. That's, he's that's a man it. of the people. I'd love to see him back there. He would probably. If Peter Dutton wants to fix his image, he's got to get into the community cup. Mate, I do. would sign up. You know, <laughs> imagine, <laughs> imagine the elbows that would oh be raised around God. him. Oh, my God. He's quite tall. He's yeah. quite tall. He's an old copper, man. He, he, he would know I mean, he'd hold his own, but he, I think he, a lot of people would put a target on his back. <laughs> it depends what game, too. Like, if AFL. Because he's, he's from up here. He's from around uh, Queensland. So, they play in rugby league. You can kind of protect people. A little bit, whereas you know it's three sixty. In you AFL, you can't protect yourself. Yeah, you can. You can, you can get hit behind you, the ball at yeah, any time. You can sneak up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, I wanted to also ask you about the Labor Party's <laughs> election night victory speeches. Mm. So Penny Wong comes out, she opens for Albo, does a tight five up the top to open it up for <laughs> Albo, just warms up the crowd, and then Albo comes out. And both Penny Wong and Anthony Albanese open their speeches by well, acknowledging the traditional owners of the land mm. and then going into how they're going to implement the Uluru Statement from the heart, which I thought was a really interesting opener because I had not heard about that as being a big policy of sure, theirs. Sure. And then I was like, oh, I should find out what this actually is. So I looked into it and it's an interesting policy about changing the Australian constitution so mm. there's a Indigenous or First Nations voice yeah. to Parliament. That wouldn't mean binding, but it would be there sure. as an advisory kind of body. Is yeah, that something that you would like to see? I would, would I would like to see? Uh, that's uh, okay. Um... I'm not that fussed with it. I would personally, I personally wish we had, we've got more Indigenous female representatives in Parliament now than ever. Now, since this election. Well, Linda yeah. Burney has just taken over as yeah. the... Yeah, Linda Burney, uh, there's, this, yeah. like She's the Minister for Indigenous Affairs. I think nine women, nine women and four men. Wow. It's, a, it's the biggest contingent we've ever had. And I feel like that is... So that's across both uh, the Senate and, and the House. And the House. Yeah. And I feel like that is more important... Um, I'm, I'm not a fan of token positions. I don't feel like you're a, you know, your your nationality should be in your job description. I mm. can't stand that shit. But um, but I think we got, you kind of need it until there's a more egalitarian society. Or do you disagree with that? Uh, do you need it? Uh, I guess when you're so far behind, you do need it. Yeah. But I'm a huge fan of break it. Th- like if you introduce me as an indigenous comedian, that fucks me off it really does it really because it's um it, you're putting qualify you're qualifying the role no one else is referred to as an italian parliamentarian right they're all everyone's a, you're in that role you're in that job and as far as a voice in parliament i get it as far as showing whose nation it is and who's you know there's all that sort of uh, that appearance and that but if that person doesn't have any power any real power, the, the the indigenous voice, it's it's quite meaningless. Well, the, it doesn't seem like they would have a lot of power in the sense. So that, that's why I'm not a fan. Of yeah. It. So because it seems like it would just be there to advise, mm. and then the parliament could just ignore that exactly. if they wanted to and do what they want. Yeah. So essentially, so it yeah. could give the appearance of progress without actual progress. Yeah. Ex- yeah. So I'm not. I'm. And I, you know, I'm 40 years old. I'm. I'm. I'm a little old school. I'm a little new school. I want to believe in. Uh, that we are progressing. I mean, I I didn't believe that uh, Kevin Rudd was going to make the apology. I was living close to uh, Canberra when that came through, and I was like, nah, there's no way. I could have driven there in a day. I was like, nah, there's no way he's going to do it. And when he did, I was like, spewing, I could have been there for <laughs> it. Um, because I was a little bit cynical, and I didn't believe that it was going to happen. So I'm so still going gonna... to... Does that moment change your approach to this now does that make you think you gotta, maybe i should not be so cynical about politics you do and, remember the preceding six years after that yeah 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 <laughs> and then and then the 10 <laughs> after that no um no i keep a healthy sense of cynicism it's, it's better to be surprised than confirmed correct yeah you know um at least that's how i approach it but uh i love that my nieces and nephews or the or my 
uh, I don't have any kids, but any, any young people in my family, they're a lot more optimi- optimistic. They're brought up with language. It's, it's definitely changed and improved. I mean, my parents came from a town that had black and white entrances. You know, my parents. And wow. Was, when was this? <laughs> the Carnarvon in the fucking 60s and 70s. Yeah, man. It's not... It's not this Carnarvon is, not is in WA, WA. Right? Yeah. Yeah, this isn't... Um, this is what my whole show historically accurate is about. <laughs> but um, yeah, progress probably doesn't feel like you're progressing while you're in it. When you reflect on it, maybe. Maybe you can go, oh, yeah, wow, we did make some advances. The flag's been in the background. That is what some people would call a token gesture. But still... It's a nuance. It's a, it is an improvement. It is a change. It is ever so subtle. Um, and all for, all for all, I know they had a list of things that they had to tick off when they did this speech, and Aboriginal starts with A, so it goes at the top. <laughs> I, don't, I don't actually know. Maybe they're like, we've already acknowledged the traditional owners. We can just segue so quickly into the see, and, I, and I, I always find the, the acknowledgements and stuff, I find them a bit tacky sometimes because I, I didn't want to say that but I also find them quite tacky and I also feel like sometimes it's just so ticking a box and it's so forced in New Zealand when they open the news they do it with Kyoto and it's just like oh that's the language from here it's so subtle it's not hi this is the news and we were da 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 yeah it, um, you know, I think it comes from a good place but sure but the wrong people are making the decisions on how it's done yeah interesting um, to go and have an acknowledgement but then have a completely separate comedy competition for aboriginal people like you're in a go put them in a little playing cot because they're not quite good enough interesting so you don't like the I deadly funny competition stand it wow okay Be- interesting i mean i've never really thought about it like that it's so condescending right. i hate it with a passion there's no there's no gay only competition there's no asian only but one for us go, yeah. f- go fuck yourself i'd love a, a jewish only competition just be like me and four other people i have a good chance of winning it you know Goldstein, <laughs> yeah, Goldstein. My, be me and Mike Goldstein. Oh my God, Alice Fraser. No, I would kind of would. David Smeet, funny Jews. <laughs> <laughs> That's five Jews would be in the whole thing. <laughs> Every year would just be one of us competing against the other one. Oh God, what would you call it? Uh, uh, well, the new just one's called Deadly Funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, ours would be called uh, Oi Ve Funny. <laughs> 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 oh, that's great! <laughs> you did well. That was short notice. Was yeah, like, I mean, oh, you put me on the spot there, mate. I was like, I'm gonna have to cut this out. I, of the I felt bad. I was like, oh no, 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 he's, he's gone. It's in there. The last thing I did want to chat to you about was uh, this new uh, comedy controversy. While we're on the topic of comedy <gasps> controversies, no. The Ricky Gervais special mm. has just come out on Netflix and he has been slammed for his transphobic comments. Now, I, I do find that this conversation is so tiresome. Mm. It just happens again and again. Uh, there yeah. was obviously Chappelle recently, now Ricky Gervais. Jimmy Carr had a Holocaust joke in his special that created a lot of controversy. It's very, very tiresome talking about what's the line in comedy, and I hate talking to non-comedians about it. It makes me want to <laughs> kill myself because it's like trying to explain. I imagine it's what it's what it would be like if you're a a, a quantum physicist trying to explain a black hole. Well, that's a, that's a big stretch. You're right. We're smart. You're right. We are smarter than quantum physicists. <laughs> As I was saying that, I was like, this is well, the most wow, arrogant thing wow. I've ever said. Shaver, Shaver's got some confidence. <laughs> we are the quantum physicists of comedy, mm. but. I, 
trying to trying to talk about what comedy is to people who aren't comedians is always the most annoyingly frustrating thing mm. ever. I guess my take on the Ricky Gervais special, which I've listened to, you've watched it too. I just thought the jokes were really boring and unoriginal. Like I approach it from the perspective of a comedian assessing the quality of the jokes as opposed to whether or not they're offensive or punching down or whatever. Mm. I just thought the jokes were like, these are the jokes that people were making in the 80s and 90s and they just seem so hack now. I'm glad you mentioned the jokes because there's a big difference in this special that I noticed was his stories and when he, um, in his anecdotes, were actually quite funny. But when he did structured jokes, yeah, they were a bit, I could see the punchline coming from a mile away. So, oh, there were so many times where I thought, oh, he'll say this mm-hmm. next. And a, and a good comedian will really surprise you. Someone like Anthony Jeselnik, I love watching because I'm always trying to guess oh, what the punchline's yeah. going to be. And I never get it because he's just a great writer, yeah. great performer. And there would have been four or five times where I was listening to the Gervais special and I was like, okay, I think this, like, if I were the comedian trying to write the joke right now, this would be the punchline. Mm. And then he just did that punchline. And I thought, it doesn't seem very creative. It doesn't seem very original if I can predict the punchlines yeah. so easily. Yeah, but then he'd have little tags about, you know, because I have a massive house, like little things like that. I well, love that I, stuff, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> I love the joke. When, um, when he does jokes about how he's very successful, yeah, I find that very, yeah, very yeah, funny. Yeah, that's great. I um, like a comedian who's high status. I, yeah. I, I think there's not enough comedians who are high status. This whole, this whole oh, please like me. It's pathetic. It's I a very Australian it. thing because uh, in Australia... Because the Australian tall, comedy scene fucking sucks. That's why. Well, there's tall poppy <laughs> syndrome, I think, in the Australian culture. And so I think I that think if someone... I don't think there's enough tall poppies. <laughs> but, but I think in Australia, if someone comes on stage and is very high status, the audience is like, all oh, right, let's cut this down. Let's cut this guy down to Sure, size. but I mean, Jimmy Carr crushes here. Yes. But you, are you saying because if they're That's Australian, does he, he's, okay. he's from the UK, so it's kind of... Yeah, I don't know. He can play with that cultural difference. I, but I, I guess my point is that Ricky Gervais plays that high status comedian, <laughs> and I think that's quite funny. But then at the same time, I do think that a lot of his jokes are not even just like the allegedly transphobic jokes. Even like a lot of other parts of it, I thought were like, no, oh, that's a pretty obvious punchline. Yeah, I mean, we we listen to comedy comedy analytically, yeah. but um, I I enjoyed it and didn't. Again, uh, I'm not uh, from a trans background, so. Whatever, I always. We're not like, really in a position to comment on whether it's offensive or not. I mean, I always like. I can only Jimmy comment. We, I feel like we can comment on it as comedians. Is this good comedy? I always like Jimmy Carr's responses. Uh, what did you think of it? You're correct. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's as far as it goes. Well, the minute you start trying to convince other people yes. that it was something, that's that's what, shut up. Yeah, shut up. Did you feel like this? Great. Fine. So, speaking of Jimmy Carr, he had a joke in his special yes. about the Holocaust. Yes. And the joke was something along the lines of... There's a huge context around the joke, but the the part of it that got clipped up and went kind of viral online mm. was him saying, a lot of people don't know that... Um, everyone knows about the Jewish... Six million Jews who perished in the Holocaust, but a lot of people don't know that the Nazis also persecuted mm-hmm. gypsies mm-hmm. And, and lists off a bunch of um, other groups who were persecuted. And then he goes, so, you know, it wasn't all bad you know so which i don't like as a joke because i just feel like it's such an obvious punchline like i was thinking that's kind of what he's going to say yep and that clip was taken and went online there was a huge context though around it where he talks about why mm, yes. he acknowledges that joke and he acknowledges why it's offensive and he acknowledges what he's trying to do with that which is 
trying to say something that's clearly insane and awful that no one could possibly agree with, mm. but doing so in a way that gets a laugh and also educates you about the fact that these people were also persecuted. So I think in that context, I can kind of understand, you can yeah. almost justify I mean, that he, joke. His, his, uh, his method is to build up the tension so much that the punchline doesn't have to be that great. Yeah, interesting, yeah. And, and it just lets that release off and it's an amazing... Obviously, an amazing technique because it's made I mean, him a millionaire. He's made a, he made a, made a whole yeah, career out of a it. A tax-free millionaire. Yeah. Well, when you don't pay tax, yeah. you can you can have more millions. But uh, what was interesting was that I got a call a day after that from the BBC. <laughs> <laughs> don't you love it when they just you could tell they just googled. Jew, comedian. <laughs> that's, exa yeah. I, that's exactly yeah. what they did. Yeah. So, well, first I got an email from them and then I responded and was like, what's this about? And they called me. Yeah. And they said, oh, do you want to be on BBC World News discussing the Ricky Gervais controversy? Mm. And I was like, okay, but his joke is about the gypsy community mm. and I'm Jewish. So, yes, my people were persecuted in the Holocaust, but... This joke isn't about my people, so mm. I don't think I'm qualified to really pass judgment on behalf of yep. that group. Yeah, and they said, "Oh, that's fine. We'll just get you to speak as a Jewish person talking about making jokes about the Holocaust." And I was like, "Oh, okay, sure, I can talk about that." And then I go onto the program live on Skype, and I think the first thing they were like, the first thing they said to me was like, "Did you think that joke was?" offensive to, to <laughs> i'm like i'm like i told you i'm jewish like i, I you asked me about a, a joke that targets jews you know mm. if you want my opinion on that i can pass my opinion on that but i'm not going to speak on behalf of a group that yeah. would, i haven't consulted with would your decision uh to go on that show been affected by the fact you had the melbourne comedy festival coming up or not yeah i mean the comedy festival <laughs> is coming up and, 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 and notoriously people from the bbs people from the uk obviously Travel to Australia yep. for the comedy festival. <laughs> I just, it, I think it, if anything, it, I, I lost ticket sales after that interview. Wow, well, I mean, people, re, people were calling for refunds. At least you get a clip out of it. <laughs> I always find, yeah, it, you can tell when somebody who clearly doesn't know who you are and what you do, but you fit what they're looking for to get this narrative pushed for whatever medium they're on. Exactly. Well, that's what annoys me is that media organisations don't care about actually having a legitimate discussion yeah, just about kicking, a joke about the comedy. Along. They're literally like, we just need content for two minutes just to fill the space. Hmm. Like That's literally what it felt like. They were like... You could, you could write some of these articles about outrage. You could... Without even having to see what, what it was. You could literally construct the way it was written by the <laughs> by just the way there's such a, uh, a mechanics to there's it such a mechanic can i can i just something of i course. want to point out is very, which i thought was very interesting about the richard vase thing speaking of the way the media covers these types of stories is that just depending on what media you can you consume you'll have a completely different perspective on things mm -hmm. yeah because this is the guardian's headline so the guardian obviously quite a progressive left-wing media outlet yeah their headline is uh, Ricky Gervais Netflix special condemned by LGBTQ groups for anti-trans rants masquerading as jokes. And that's a quote that they've um, used from someone else. So that's the Guardian's take. So if you read The Guardian, that's how you're approaching... And the Australian is, Ricky Gervais tells it like it is. <laughs> no, wait, what is it? What is Local it? hero Ricky Gervais <laughs> finally, oh, finally gives those trans people their comeuppance oh, after all these God. years. Yeah. Byline, they've had it too good for too long. Woke woke crowd can't handle it. <laughs> can't, ha oh, can't handle the truth. So this was... And then Sky News' article was, 
cancel culture mob. Which yeah, is just, there it is. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> it's just hitting all the buzzwords that they need to hit. Yeah. Cancel culture mob already trying to finish Ricky Gervais off. Craig, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Where can my listeners find out about you? Where can they follow you? Uh, check us out on uh, just Instagram and Facebook. I try to keep it simple. I don't do that TikTok shit. Uh, it's just Craig Quartermain. Uh, pretty pretty straightforward. <laughs> um, yeah, check us out. I've got uh, Historically Accurate is the show that I love. I've only got to do it, you know, when you do a festival. You know, you get sick of your show. Yes. I wrote this one ages ago. I love it. It's probably the best thing I've done. But I've only gotten to do it a dozen times over COVID. So... You know, a lot of people go through their material. I love this show. I'm going to take it to Melbourne um, until I'm done with it. But, uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing at the moment. Amazing. Go check out Craig. See his show, Historically Accurate. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, give us a follow. Give us a nice review on the internet. That would be lovely. Tell someone about it. I've been Michael Schaefer. We'll be back next week with a new episode of Topical with Michael Schaefer.